This is the Rappaport Diamond Podcast with Avi Kravitz and Joshua Friedman. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. Welcome, Joshua. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. How are you doing, Avi? Good, thanks. It's been a surprisingly slow um, one or two weeks in the news, but but suddenly we've been hit with these quite um, important stories that came through our, our inboxes, and n- none more so than the arrest, the f- finally the arrest of Nirav Modi, the now infamous uh, jeweler who allegedly uh, carried out a $2 billion fraud in, in India. Um, just to refresh our, our memories, Joshua, it's been a year since the Nirav Modi case um, first um, came to light. Can you, can you refresh our memories in, in terms of what, um, what was it all about? What, uh, what happened in India that led to this um, final arrest of, of Mr. Modi? Yeah, so uh, Nirav Modi is an extremely wealthy uh, jewelry and diamond tycoon in, uh, in India. Um, he is alleged to have obtained uh, fraudulent loan documents to the tune of about $2 billion dollars um, together with um, a uh, another jeweler, um, his uncle Mehul Choksi, um, uh, obtained uh, he obtained them from uh, from a state-owned bank called Punjab National Bank. Uh, he's been on the run since then. So has uh, so has Mr. Choksi. Uh, most recently, in uh, in his uh, Nirav Modi has been in London, uh, reportedly been um, moving house uh, frequently to try and escape the authorities, um, and it's. Uh, Failed uh, ultimately, and uh, he was last week, as you said, arrested by uh, by police in London uh, and was denied bail. And that was following a newspaper report in London that that spotted him wearing a a ten thousand um, dollar what was it a an ostrich skin uh, yeah it's, a leather it's jacket that that seemed to make more of the headlines than yeah. than the actual arrest. It's an amazing twist to the story that the Telegraph in London uh, tracked him down. They they uh, interv- they interviewed him. Uh, just in the street, um, he uh, very candidly res- responded, "No comment to everything." Um, and it was only a few days later that uh, he was he was arrested. Reportedly, he um, he was in a in a bank trying to open a bank account, um, and uh, one of the bank staff members um, spotted him and reported him to the police, and he was ele- he was arrested. One of the striking things um, about the story seems to be that finally there's some accountability, or we hope that there's going to be some some accountability in um, um, at, uh, in this case. Um, that uh, and and that has implications for for a number of parties. I would say that um, firstly, um, Punjab National Bank is is the first um, the, the most affected am- uh, amongst the, the those who are directly affected by by the fraud. Um, and then there was um, his company itself, which had had quite a name. Um, Nirav Modi was was quite prominent on the red carpet. Um, a lot of celebrities wore his jewelry, and he had a he, he was quite a prominent figure in the in the industry. Um, and then finally, it has implications for for the trade. How how do you see this um, case uh, playing out in, in in the in the coming in coming weeks, months, years? Um, what what are the implications for those three parties? You're right, Avid. There's the direct impact on Punjab National Bank, as we said, about uh, two billion dollars. Um, but there's a much further indirect impact that there's been on the, on the trade. Uh, last year was pretty weak for the the diamond manufacturing and trading industry in India uh, in general um, with uh, a lot of problems in the Indian economy and, and weak consumer demand um, and this really made it worse and had, a, had an impact on how uh, diamond uh, lenders, so how banks viewed the diamond industry 
um, which was already in a bad state, um, and it's just made uh, made the reputation of the diamond industry worse. So I think the the total impact has been much more than that. Um, it's not clear at the moment how uh, Nero Modi is going to be brought to justice, um, but at the moment he's, um, uh, I understand, in a prison in London, um, and uh, the Indian jewellery trade will be watching very carefully what happens next. I understand that they they want to extradite him to to India to to stand trial there. Is that, uh, is that correct? I I believe so. Yes. Right. Yes. And I I would agree with you. Um. I mean, there is the there is the the bank that's affected, and there's um there's his personal story as well. But the wider um effect on the trade is this um the effect that it has on lending. So much of the of the of the bank's relationship with the in, uh, with the diamond and and jewelry uh, trade globally has to do with um, perce- the perception of um, how the industry operates and and um, it's the perception of risk and uh, we've seen in the last year that not only in India the banks have become more cautious um, as a result of this um, this case but I think it's had a global uh, a global in, um, effect um, certainly banks. Uh, in other tr- major trading centers, be it in New York or or Israel or Antwerp, or, or have taken note of this uh, of, of this um, case. Yeah, well, you would think that the the expert banks who really know the 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 diamond industry well would look beyond a case like this. They'd uh, they this they'd see this as a as a one off uh, incredible case, um, and they're more interested in in how uh, your average diamond uh, uh, company is behaving on a day to day basis uh, rather than this. Uh, Exceptional case of, of two billion fraud, but maybe it at least provides a an excuse to uh, to to lenders to uh, um, to um, to justify their their moving away from the industry, which is something we've seen in the last couple of years. Well, I think I think you're right, but I think the 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 banks look at individual companies and how they're doing, and then they're also looking at the the risk of the of the industry as a whole, mm. and unfortunately, we've seen. Um, We've seen um, other cases such uh, in in the past. Um, this is certainly the biggest um, and most widespread case that uh, that we face. But also, um, you know, each small bankruptcy is um, is uh, rumoured, mm-hmm. and and that has an effect over the overall perception of the banks. But um, I, I'm I'm sure that. Uh, I hope you're right that um, that they're looking at the individual companies who are strong and are able to provide, um, you know, the required liquidity and and business um, strategy that would um, negate the effect of such a such a negative story. And hopefully, um, having him brought to justice will also help that. Um, yeah, help that. Well, speaking of uh, of brands that are um, that have been prominent on the red carpet, um, Nirav Modi was once one of those. But certainly, one that's been in the news lately has been um, Tiffany, Tiffany and Co. And this week, we got their fourth quarter and full year results, um, and that comes off uh, of quite of a month where Tiffany has been quite. Um, quite prominent in the news in terms of the the red carpet scene and um, they've got quite the the brand ambassador in Lady Gaga um, who uh, really out um, outshone for for want of a better word um, others at uh, at all the award shows and culminating in an Oscar win for A Star Is Born um, but this week we we uh, we got a, uh, more on the financial side. That Tiffany um, reported their results. Um, what, what did what did you take from their their results this uh, this week? Well, they published their full year results, and it was really a year of uh, 
one three quarter segment and another quarter because um the the fourth quarter which included of course the the holidays was was quite weak um there they noted that uh, there'd been uh, much lower spending or s- lower spending by um both by domestic consumers in important markets such as the US um but also importantly by foreign tourists particularly chinese tourists who were um because of the weaker uh, chinese yuan currency were spending less when they were um going to uh, visit uh, other countries um but that had been after a pretty strong first three quarters of the year um they've got a new uh, a new ceo um and uh, they've been doing a lot of interesting marketing things and uh, interest uh, developing some interesting ideas uh, that did improve their their sales and general performance um in the year as a whole uh, even though there was a bit of a slowdown as we said in the last few months right i mean the, the headlines um, certainly looked at the at the fourth quarter and and the, they they had they gave a fairly bearish outlook for the first half of this year but um on the positive like you said uh, i think it was the first time that we've seen on on our records that tiffany had a uh, had over a billion dollars worth of sales in each quarter last year which was quite an achievement i think um but the concerning thing is that in the fourth quarter um sales did slow um and they um, mainly due to external factors like you mentioned the the slowdown in tourist spending um the the overall um caution about the about, about the global economy and they they did mention that it was they expect that to continue in 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 the first half of 2019 at least they've actually had a a fantastic few months though for in in the domestic chinese market so i think that's something they're probably going to be looking to push that they're they're launching they're going to launch a new um e-commerce website for the chinese market um and uh, that's actually quite a, a strong area of growth for them well that seems to be the trend now in uh, amongst other uh, ma- many luxury brands and um that that's while the while chinese tourist spending has slowed um there's been a shift back towards local uh, spending in the local market there um so i guess uh, it means that companies such as tiffany and co which have this global reach will have to and rely so heavily on um, on on that on that tourist tourist aspect might have to change um shift strategies in a way and and have that focus again like you mentioned on on the local chinese market so our third um, major story that broke in the last um in the last month really was the announcement of the Diamond Producers Association together with Signa Jewelers of the results of their Project Assure program the much awaited um Project Assure program that um that assessed the viability of different um synthetic detest- detecting machines um can you give us a, an overview of of the results and and some of what the what what did the program entail? So the DPA and Signet have been working on this for uh, around two years. Uh, they got together eighteen different uh, uh, synthetic diamond detection machines and tested them against a whole range of capabilities using a, a standard that they do the all the all the manufacturers had agreed on um and uh, overall they found that the, the machines came out of the uh out of this test looking pretty strong um all but two of them uh, had a, a perfect record at uh, spotting synthetics um one one thing to to point out is that 
Uh, every machine is very different. They have uh, different capabilities. Some of them have uh, present their results in different ways from others. Uh, they have work at different speeds, and of course they have very different prices as well. Um, and that's something that I think the DPA have been very careful to point out. Um, but uh, what this has done is uh, has provided the industry with a collection of, of data that they can use when deciding uh, which of these devices to buy. Yeah, and I, I think it's, uh, it can't be underestimated how important this uh, this program is. You know, but a year or two, um, I remember it was really a buzzword, this uh, synthetics detection machine where, um, you know, there were so many companies that were launching new machines to sell to the market. And it became quite confusing, I think, for 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 the trade or people, uh, retailers, wholesalers, um, who are using these machines to, you know, which one do they buy? Which one can they trust? And and this uh, and that that's what made this program so necessary. And and uh, I think um, credit needs to be given to the to the DPA and to Signet for taking the initiative to undergo this uh, this server, which which isn't without its controversies, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, given the amount of uh, of um, machines are, that are that are on the market. Um, and in a way, that, I mean, I think they're very careful not to endorse any particular machine, yeah. but they, I think it's becoming clearer now, and it's a project that's ongoing as far as I understand, um, where they're updating uh, as they go along. But it's clearer now what um, what each machine brings to the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 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 you know, uh, one jeweler's needs might, might be different to another's in terms of the type of goods that they're buying. Um, uh, the type of goods that they are concerned about in the in the, in synthetics um, detection challenge. So it, I think it's going to bring a lot of value to the market, um, particularly as we're seeing an increase in um, in uh, undisclosed synthetics being mixed with uh, with with natural stones. Mm, and and one one of the things that the DPA have said is, in their opinion, the most important uh, feature of a synthetics detector is their ability to create a pile of stones that they label as natural and for all of those to indeed be natural so for, for none of those to be undisclosed synthetics um, it may mean that sometimes they end up referring some some stones for for further testing when they're in fact uh, when they are in fact natural but for them the most important thing is um, is that if you say that a stone is natural then it definitely is natural Without the requirements of a referral or further testing, correct? Um, yes, that, that's the yes. first prize. Well, yeah. you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we get to a point where where we are able to say with complete confidence that uh, that, that uh, a company's diamond supply is is um, free of undisclosed um, synthetics being mixed in those parcels. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's been a, it may have been a quiet week, but it's certainly um, been some significant stories that have broken and uh, what can we expect uh, looking ahead we, we're at the end of a first quarter already can you believe it um, yeah. three months up of 2019 what what do we have to look forward to in the coming weeks so this week we're expecting results from Chow Sang Sang they're one of the major uh, Hong Kong based jewelry retailers um, the Hong Kong jewelry uh, industry has been surprisingly quiet this year about uh, how the Chinese New Year was in particular, we usually get a lot more data by now. 
Um, so we're we're waiting for that to see um, what their uh, verdict was on the on the Chinese. It'll give us our first glimpse, really. It will. It will. Uh, yes. And uh, yes. Charles Seng Seng being one of the top th- the the three sort of major Hong Kong jewelers that we that we look at. Yeah, Chow Tai Fook, Luke Fook. There they. And Charles Seng Seng, my my understanding is that Charles Seng Seng is a bit on the higher end of the mm-hmm. uh, of those three, yeah. Um, and whereas yeah. the others are are sort of more mass producers. But mm-hmm. it'll be an an interesting report mm-hmm. to 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 hear about. Yeah, and then we're also expecting uh, some results from Signet next week. Uh, they're actually a little bit delayed, um, but uh, we'll um we'll see their how they did in the fourth quarter. We already know that uh, rather like Tiffany, they had a slightly disappointing holiday season. Um, but they're also making some changes to their business that uh, are very interesting for all of us to look out for. Um, and then next week is also a uh, um, a De Beers site, so a sale of rough diamonds. Um, that market is pretty slow at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see if there's been any pickup uh, in demand from uh, from manufacturers. Right, a pickup in demand and and or and potentially a, a reduction in prices, which I think yes. both uh, both parameters. Um, would uh, would do the market well, is certainly if you ask a manufacturer. Yeah, and we're, every month when I speak to uh, to site holders, they they tend to give the same complaint that prices are unrealistically high, um, and there's actually little um, little optimism that that's going to change mm-hmm. for the time being. And 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 we've seen a, a reduction in in rough supply coming to the market mm-hmm. this year compared to previous yeah. years. I wonder if um, there'll be a change at the next site. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Anyway. There's a lot to look forward to. Um, certainly, uh, the year is, is uh, gaining momentum, and uh, hopefully, things will pick up. It's been a, it's been a, a, an interesting and different first quarter, but hopefully, things will pick up moving ahead. But um, yeah. thanks very much for joining us, Joshua. Thanks, Thank um, you. And uh, we hope to speak uh, speak again soon in the next podcast. Sure.